Hey, hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to a new episode of the Funbook Diplomacy Podcast. Very excited that I've reached, finally, episode 30 of the podcast. I don't know how this has happened, but I just keep meeting more and more exciting, fun, interesting people to uh, to have as guests on the podcast, so I keep doing them, and I hope you guys all enjoy listening. It looks like some people are Anyway, that's that's very nice, uh, and I'm looking forward to introducing all of you to a lot of new guests um, in the future as we move on to the next milestone, I guess is episode 40, counting in tens these days, uh, probably a good metric for a modest little podcast like mine. So thanks everyone for, uh, for tuning in every week. Um, just remember every time it is Friday, every time Friday rolls around, we get a new episode. Thanks for listening. Um, and as always, I'm going to get some of these uh, administrative things out of the way before jumping into uh, the meat of the episode, or in this, epi- um, this episode's case, Nakia, my good friend Nakia, is having a bowl of vegetarian noodles, so not the meat of it, but the broth. Broth is very important in Asian noodle technique. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be the broth. We're going to jump into the broth today um, with Nakia, right? But first, um, Amazon. So, as Amazon gets crazier and crazier and they do these did you see that they have? I know in San Francisco they have one-hour delivery. Um, I guess because San Francisco is so much further in the future that they can do one-hour delivery. Anyway, uh, if you buy anything on Amazon uh, officially from Amazon, or sometimes through uh, licensed merchants on Amazon, um, all that stuff can be uh a way to support the Funboat Diplomacy podcast if you go on my website funboatdiplomacy.com and go on the right hand side of any of my pages you'll find a link um to my Amazon portal and it looks like any other Amazon uh page uh which I continuously say that they should make they should make it look a little bit different or have some indication that you're you're helping some sort of cause, some sort of project. But anyway, I have a Amazon portal link. Uh, use that uh, and shop as you normally would, and uh, the total purchase, a small cut of that, will come to me. It doesn't cost you any extra. It's the same price, whatever, um, that you would normally be paying. But uh, for directing you to Amazon, Amazon will give me a small cut, and that is very nice. Uh, if you'd like to come visit San Francisco, which I highly recommend. I mean, now it's getting a little... I, don't, I think last week I said the weather was nice, but El Nino is uh, rolling along towards our shores, and it's a little bit rainier and cloudier than I'd like. Very good for going out for a jog. Not so good for seeing the Golden Gate Bridge with all the, the fog. Haven't gone to the Golden Gate Bridge in a while. Maybe I'll go next week when the sun peaks out. But anyway, if you'd like to come through, uh, I highly suggest um, uh, coming to stay at the Pacific Trade Winds Hostel, where I uh, where I live and work, and you can come hang out with me uh, and get a $3 discount, actually, with the discount code WaymansFriend3. That's W-E-I-M-I-N-S-F-R-I-E-N-D-3. To get a $3 discount, knock it down to like 32 bucks a night, which is pretty good for a city that's rent prices are, uh, I'll just say, getting crazy, I don't know, I'm not very creative right now, but it is, it's it's ridiculous, it's maybe um, double or more than what you might have to pay in New York City uh, for a normal month of rent. it's kind of crazy. It's a huge topic in the past few years in San Francisco. But anyway, it's a great place to visit. You don't have to live here. Um, 32 bucks a night is pretty good anywhere in the U.S., I think. So go on uh, SanFranciscoHostel.com, uh, click on Book Now, 
and right next to uh, all the boxes to fill in, there's a little tab that says, do you have a discount code? Put in Wayman's Friend 3, get that $3 discount, come show with me. Um, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, I'm going to get started now uh, on this week's special 30 episode, 30th episode with my good friend Nakia Wright. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Fun Boat Diplomacy Podcast. I'm here today with Nakia Wright. Welcome Nakia. Hi, thanks for having me. Everything's good today. You got a bowl of pho in front of you. Some tea. Uh, some tea. <laughs> I'm all set. Coffee, My yeah. phone's missing cilantro, but that's okay. It's, it's not, like I said, it's not, it's not Vietnamese without cilantro. They fucked up. <laughs> Probably Chinese people made your phone. <laughs> it's not even like phone noodles. They're like flat, the flat noodles. Yeah, they're definitely hiding something from you. Yeah, I got a veggie soup. It's cool. <laughs> it's serving its purpose. Do you want to uh, introduce yourself really quickly to the podcast audience? Sure. So, um, I, my name is Nakia. I'm a traveler, an educator, um, uh, an aspiring musician, and a sound healer. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. And a learner. Just, I mm. love learning. <laughs> How'd you get into the, the sound? Because you performed at the ceremony, the process, what do you call it? Oh, yeah, this, uh, the sound healing session. Sound healing session on me. And uh, I, I told you about my experience when I came out of it. But mm-hmm. how did you get into that? Um, really, for myself. Um, so the Tibetan, I use the Tibetan singing bowls. And they are used specifically, uh, well, for a lot of things. But uh, these bowls are uh, found to be very effective for post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a very difficult childhood and spent a lot of my adulthood trying to just repair myself and like be able to be in situations and not feel constantly in fear um like and it was I was I knew that it was irrational fear but I couldn't stop that immediate response and so I tried all the things (laughs) and then uh like uh eventually I, I found my way to meditation and then through meditation, I started to learn more about these bowls and began uh, just kind of like on a whim. I think I had cramps or something. And I was like, I'm going to play this bowl on my belly and see what it feels like. <laughs> and it felt good. Wait, so if so, you can do it on yourself. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. And so, so yeah, I started playing it on my... And then um, the first bowl I had, you know, it was good for the heart and good for the third eye and so I started playing it in different areas and started researching and finding out that you know like the that people actually do this as a, as a therapy um and so man that was like four years ago maybe even more um and then uh and that was just for myself sometimes I would play it on friends but uh, and then um, while I was teaching, well, I, was, I was teaching in Guatemala, and then um, halfway through the, it was like November of 2014, I got fired without notice at 2.45 on a Friday. Um, so well, you remember this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you remember things like that. So, and I, I had no money. I had just like spent all of my money on like, uh, you know, a house that they, like, the administration knew, like, I, I had, I couldn't even afford to come home, like, I couldn't even afford a plane ticket, um, and, uh, so, and it wasn't Guatemalans, it was, like, and a, a school that was run by Americans and Canadians, so, so these Americans were, and Canadians, they fired you? They fired me, without warning. Wait, who, um, who, what is this, uh, let's, let's, let's unpack that. So yeah. Who, who are these, who, who are you employed by and what were you doing? I was working at uh, Robert Mueller Life School, so it's actually Assholes. a school, well listen, you know, <laughs> the school was actually a school that was dedicated to, uh, to uh, like, um, peacekeeping. And that was a main foundation of, like, the, the school's philosophy. And uh, I was actually hired by someone, um, Kevin, who had a, a lot of integrity and was just a really 
great um, leader and and a and you know I I I've been really fortunate like all even in DC I've always worked for people who have just been like who got it you know and uh, he was pretty much like left after like the parents and not all of the parents but the parents with the most influence the like wealthier parents wanted a, more of an Americanized education like mm. they basically said he wasn't oppressing them enough he mm. wasn't oppressing their children enough the school needed more structure things like this without realizing that you know the American education system is collapsing it's it's terribly oppressive it's you know it's it's you know it's, it's a prison for children yeah exactly yeah. let's be honest um and and to and to pay out all of these textbook companies that are based in texas like it's crazy so and that's what these parents wanted and so they got someone like that and i definitely didn't fit into there and i went to them you know like a month in and kind of said do you want me to work here and they said yes um, and so after this, uh, the parents said they wanted this kind of education. Yeah, they okay. wanted this. They wanted someone who's going to be tough, tougher on the kids. They and, expected that from you. And that, no, they got a new director. Okay. So the the original director left. A new director came in. She was actually from D.C., like from a Montessori school in D.C., and it was it was very. I was very confused, you know, after kind of hearing in the beginning, you know, one of the first things that really stood out was like, she was like, oh, I'm, I'm 41 and I'm leading a school. Like, it seemed very ego-based and, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I'm in an education in depression. So, like. Yeah, so there's something wrong with you <laughs> in your head. I can see that already. Yeah. So there, so it was just really, I, I was really kind of blindsided. And I and I, I you know and I I can't, I I've, I you know was taught by really wonderful people in D.C. about how to advocate for your rights and so I, I emailed the other teachers I let them know what happened that you know their jobs weren't secure and uh, they she basically said that uh, that she had a right to do this at this school something she would not have been able to do at a school in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she had a right to do this, like she, cause she had full, you know, full authority, authority. <laughs> so, you well, know. That power gets to you. Yeah. And then she gave the teachers a seven page evaluation. So it was like, I can do this. And now, you know, here's how I'm going to cover my ass the next time I want to do something like this. Um, and so the teachers were all kind of afraid and I, you know, I, I, I went to the board and I said, you know, the school is actually receiving money from people who are donating for a school that's supposed to be promoting peacekeeping. And right now you have an oppressive environment and they are paying for an oppress- someone to oppress not only the teachers, but the students. And um, that's, that's fraud. And the board basically, they wouldn't even hear me. They wouldn't even hear my case. I, I asked for, you know, just to be able to go in and talk with them and have a decision and um, in the end, I found out that <laughs> another teacher, uh, who approached that director, like, a month, a month later, and, and she was, like, a single mom, and she's like, you know, I need to know that my job is secure, and in so many words, the director said, you know, it was because, you know, we, the parents were upset because someone saw Nakia talking to someone on the street who may have been a drug dealer, so it was just gossip, like gossip and hearsay. It's like the French Revolution. They, they're like, oh, yeah, that guy. He's 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 not he's not about he's not about this. We should cut his head off. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, no, you don't need proof or anything. Just Nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> Nothing. So um, when I didn't want to come back, I really had to process. Um, and those people that I you know got fired for talking to were all you know street artists and street vendors and so um I you know they had my back and I was able to kind of learn like how to like you know just sustain on what I like I started making soap I would have the bowls on the street um I was uh I have I play flute I've been teaching myself so I would like bask on the street um and uh you know and eventually um like kind of made my way back to the states um off of like 
what I would make on the streets. So some friends, you know, would send, like, a friend just sent me, like, birthday, little birthday cash and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, for the most part, I, like, hitchhiked um, all the way home. Wow. Uh, yeah, like, 3,000. So you hitchhiked overland all the way back to the 3,000 3, miles. So how did that feel when you uh, crossed the border? Into the, where did you cross into the uh, border? To Tijuana. Okay. So, so just uh, like San Diego. Uh-huh. Okay. Like, uh... And uh, it was, I, I mean, I couldn't believe it was, it was with uh, two other women. And uh, we all needed to come up to California to, to work. And we were, you know, and we didn't have any money. And so it was the only way we were going to be able to do it. And, um, I mean, it felt, I, it was just, I felt so, like, powerful, you know, like, to be able to, to do what, like, do what we needed to do. I mean... We might, I mean, it must have been at least 12 to, like, 15, like, tractor trailers, you know? Like, now when I see, like, I'll see a tractor trailer, like, one of those big rigs, and I'm like, and I see I see an extended cab, and I still get excited. Mm. <laughs> so that's how, you, that's, how, how did you get through? Like, it wasn't in a car? It was no, like... I mean, some cars, but it were, there were three of us with all yeah. of our luggage. Yeah. Um, and so, mostly with those big rig trucks, like, the 18-wheeler... Um, <laughs> rigs. <laughs> you need to carry less stuff. <laughs> you have your bowls and everything. Yeah, and and every the bowls are it was so crazy. No, no matter what it what would happen, no one ever had a problem helping me with the bowls. Mm-hmm. Like Karen, they are they are heavy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like they're heavy. And like I have like one friend, and she wouldn't carry a rotten grapefruit that I'd almost like I'd accidentally gotten a grapefruit and I didn't check it. And she refused to carry that, but she carried the bowls for, for like, miles, <laughs> along with her stuff. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so you just do roll up to the border and you show the passport? Yeah, we, we walked up. We, how, um, how did that feel, like, coming back? How long was it? Uh, it had been, I left on the 1st uh, of January, 2014. So, and we got in, it was, like, the 2nd of October, and it was this like, this like <laughs> kind of white burly guy with a mustache and a thick southern accent, and I was like, oh yeah, back in the U.S. <laughs> Here, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I mean, it was a, uh, I was I was still like without anything, so the we, I still we still like hitched all the way up, uh, up the up the coast really, and. Um, it was amazing, like like the the people who who would help us, who would offer us food, um, even even in the states. We had this uh, this Mexican gentleman who paid for the three of us for, for our bus tickets from L.A. to San Francisco because we and we were just trying to get a ride, mm-hmm. like to a, to a truck stop, so we could get hitch a ride up, and and he he was like. You know, no, like, and just gave us, you know, this bus ticket, and we, my first night in San Francisco, I, we slept on the street in the financial district, um, and, like, this guy, you know, it was like, this guy is out there, kind of sitting, like, on the corner of where we were sleeping, and he just kind of sat there, kind of smoked his crack, and hung out, <laughs> you know, we were just all huddled up, but, yeah, it was a very, you know, like, I, I definitely, coming out of that, realized that no matter what, you know, like, we always have everything we need, you know, and, and like, even in those moments where um, one of my, like, one of my friends, like, she was in tears because, like, here, especially, like, in the States, people are like, oh, hitchhikers are poor people in general. Like, I, don't, like, I can't even look at you because it reminds me of my privilege type yeah. of thing, and... Um, she was just like, no one will even, I'm offering them money, gas money, to take us to a truck stop so we can hitch a ride and they won't even, they won't even look at me, you know? And so, um, having that guy, like, offer to offer a bus ticket and just people to just offer what they could and, um, it just really kind of renewed my faith, you know, in humanity, like, there, there are definitely a lot more 
um, of those people, then like those people who are willing to help in whatever way they can um, without expecting to get laid, which there were a lot of those people as well. And that's not only <laughs> um, in America. No, not just in America. That was that was pretty much the whole trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so and what the, but that was why we were also traveling as three. Mm-hmm. So um, we, you know, even there were a few times where um, there was one time where we actually got out of the truck um, because uh, the guy was. Uh, he like stopped and got a kid like a six pack of beer and and then he called a friend and was telling his friend he had these women with them and trying nope. to figure out a place <laughs> to meet. He had no I have a gif that perfectly sums this up. <laughs> it's I, I had saved it for I don't know why, I just thought it was hilarious. I hope I have it. I hope it's this one. Acting up. Why? Yeah, here we go. If it's gonna load. Okay. Fuck. Wait, hold on. Wait. Nope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what we did. It's, it's funny we when got it's the fast fuck out of there. Yeah, so, <laughs> just, so those of you who can't see, you can't see at home. It's a, a gif of this badger, and he's just a, just, just. <laughs> This badger is just like sniffing around. He's like, he looks down this hole. He's like, shit, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> that is exactly. And I mean, we we had to turn down a lot of rides because uh, the 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 like male truckers would try to to split us up, mm-hmm. and we'd say no, and some of them would become indignant and be like, you know, and we didn't know if it was a power trip or or what, but we definitely weren't getting in then. Mm-hmm. And so we would just, we, we would, you know, we'd sleep that night at a gas station, you know, as opposed to, yeah. to being in that situation. Um, and yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was something else, um, really. And, and being in like a very vulnerable state and seeing how, how people respond to that. Um, yeah, really, <laughs> really something. Yeah, I've never been in that sort of situation. I always have this cushion, you know, financial and, like, supportive cushion. Yeah. I wonder what it'd be like if that was just gone. I don't think I yet have the balls to, because I I can choose, you know. I can choose to give that up, but I don't know. That's a question I ask myself sometimes, like, what if that was gone? Because I have a family, and I call them, and I talk to them every 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 week, mm-hmm. maybe twice a week, and I have, like I said, a financial cushion, um, but it's just uh, that kind of s- story. It's it's actually, I feel like it's more common in the world than I'm so lucky, and most people in the world have to go through uh, losing everything. I wonder what it would. I don't know. That's that's what it feels like to be like tripping basically when you when you're when you're on a trip yeah and it's like and and then everything that you think you you still have it okay and like in in reality you have I have uh, some money in my bank account but then then you think about it you're like wait 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 that's not actually real what if I don't have it what if it's not real and then, <laughs> and then you lose everything you're like oh snap and that's why I really like the, a lot of people don't like that uh, sensation because they feel like uh, they're losing their minds. Yeah. Or in reality, you're coming to terms with the reality of your mind, because that's what it really is. You're 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 here with just that. This this stuff Everything isn't going with is, you. Yeah. yeah. None <laughs> of your things are going with you. Uh, yeah, I love this kind of that kind of uh, thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think everyone should have some of that at uh, once in a while to 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 ruminate on that. Um, because we, as humans, we, we possess things. You know? This is mine. This is my computer. Um, but yeah, it's. And what are we without all of those things? You know, like with the, the bear. Yeah, there's a there's a sort of mind game. It's or whatever test, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, the idea is um, imagine, imagine or actually do it. Take the most valuable thing in your house and give it away. 
Mm, yeah. See how that feels. Um, yeah, I don't know. What would that be for you? Would that be your bowls? It would be the bowls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you just have to like get new bowls? Or it's like this is a stupid. In your head, are you like this is a stupid exercise because I would just get new bowls because <laughs> I need them because I need them. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Like it is. Like I only have what I need. Yeah. And like having. Have like being at that point, it's just like okay, like <laughs> you know, yeah. at least that'll you know, like yeah. it kind of saves me from some of those things because yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. have to feel like oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's an interesting exercise if we're if we're doing it in this situation because in this situation you just feel like, okay, the exercise starts. Step one, I give away my bowls. Step two, I need to get new bowls. <laughs> <laughs> get new bowls. <laughs> like, well, that was a stupid exercise. And they would and they would just show up. I, yeah. I, I kid you not, if I didn't get them, they would just appear in my life. Like, two of the bowls that I have right now are bowls that, that a friend is letting me borrow mm. from Guatemala. Like, one minute I had one, and then I had three, and now I have five. <laughs> it's like in Jurassic Park when Jeff Goldblum goes, life finds a way. It's just not about dinosaurs, but uh, Into, yeah. and, and about, about things. For yeah. sure. Um, so, can you explain a little bit about the bowls and how they work? Cool. Uh, okay. Because I, I I've experienced them, but I don't know how and why and what kind of things they do, and probably people at home are wondering how that works. <laughs> what are yeah. these bowls? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it'll so... make them interested about going and getting the, getting it done on them or learning more about it. For sure. So the bowls. So um, mine are Tibetan singing bowls. They're made of uh, an alloy of about seven metals, and they're forged in Tibet by monks. And uh, the you can like some are like fifty years old. Some can be as much as like uh, two hundred years old, um, or even older. And uh, the I mean, the main purpose of the bowls is to is like to build spiritual awareness and spiritual consciousness. Um, but, uh, before, uh, many people can get there, they have to get their bodies, like their physical bodies in tune to be able to experience, you know, those higher states of consciousness. So, um, the bowls are tuned to different, uh, frequencies. And what I like about, you know, there, there are crystal bowls as well. Those are generally tuned to one frequency. My bowls, um, the Tibetan bowls, are they play a harmony. So one bowl will play like three, sometimes four different frequencies, and uh, do it, each frequency like the frequencies align with your chakras, which are your endocrine system, your power centers, um, and so um, with those, if your shock, if your if your chakras, your endocrine system, if they're overcharged or undercharged it will kind of reset, it'll, it'll, it'll feed at that proper frequency. Um, so it can help with, you know, physical, like physical illnesses and things like that. The thing is, is if your habits are causing the problem, it's not going to change your habits. Um, so it's not, a, it's not a heal all, you know, go, <laughs> go get some singing bowls or get a session done and everything's going to be okay. But it can create a space uh, for because it it not only kind of feeds that that proper frequency to the energy center, but it also creates it. And this is in everyone. It elicits a relaxation response, so that you, without the stress and everything like that, you have the the space to kind of like figure out what what was causing this or you know, and to dig deeper. Um, and so, and then it's been really effective for post-traumatic stress because even though it won't change habits, if it's an acute problem, so someone who's had an, a, tra a traumatic event or like a soldier coming back from war who's just kind of stuck in this high stress frequency, it can bring them down and actually keep them at that frequency, you know, at their, their like, uh, tuned in to the proper frequencies um, and generally it can be you know as many as five maybe even more sessions but again you that's 
along with counseling, diet, you know, everything. You know, do yoga, you get their yoga poses that align with your endocrine system as well. So I've been playing around with, like, if someone's in a, in a pose that's supposed to be good for the heart, and then I play a bowl that's also good for the heart, you know, to even to, to work together to kind of, you know, help with that release. Um, and now I'm going to be uh, working at the, y, the YMCA in Bayview um, here in San Francisco, and uh, I will be offering sound healing to the parents that are in their uh, parenting classes uh, for like anger management and things like that. So people whose kids have been, you know, removed and they need to show that they can, mm -hmm. you know, take care of their kids without, you know, causing harm. Um, they have to attend these classes and I'll be working with the social workers. So this can like to figure out how I can, how I can accompany like other, other, other folks like social workers and, um, psychologists to, to help uh, people with the coping because it does create it does if, if it, it brings the relaxation response may open people up to be able to receive the help they need mm -hmm. um, and so and then also uh, with uh, drug like uh, folks who are having problems with drug abuse uh, women who have been um, it, who, women who have been abused and things like that to, to kind of see what this, what this type of therapy can look like in assisting the people who kind of need these services the most. Um, so, and overall. <laughs> overall, it's great. Yeah, and just, but like I said, there's no, nothing is going to be a, uh, you know, there's there's not one thing there's that's going to be a magic pill or a magic something that's going to make everything okay. Um, but it, I think this can actually like because it's working on a frequency level, it's it's feeding like down to your quirks. The quirks vibrate at certain frequencies. They're all dancing, jamming out with each other, <laughs> and that's what makes something a table or something a chair or a person. So if you know to be able to 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 touch people at that level and to get them vibrating at the right, you know, I feel like it can help, you know, shorten the time necessary for, uh, for people to be able to, like, see the benefits of counseling and other things. Mm. That's awesome. It's, uh, what other kind of traumas or PTSD sort of related things have you dealt with um, with your bowls or people? have experienced that you sort of, you're like, hey, maybe these bowls will help, um, other, other than the, these parents? The, so the parents are going to be, that's going to be a new, a new thing. Mostly, okay, so while I was in Guatemala and Mexico, I would just go out and play these bowls on the street, on to anyone who would, who wanted, who, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, um, everything from, like, people getting off of work and just being like, whoa, like, I like relaxed to um, to talking with pe people the next day and and hearing them say that like they just felt more clear-headed like you know more able to you know attack the day um, and then um, I, I, I was pl I played on a friend who um, she is she's German and she had been here in the States for about a year and during that time a bunch of like just kind of traumatic things that happened. She'd been in like a situation where she'd almost been been raped, and then she was in a car accident, a really terrible car accident, where um, she broke her collarbone, and and uh, and so I was like, you know, let me let me just play this pose on you, see what you think, and so uh, you know afterwards when she was just like, it's I felt so relaxed and I felt like home, you know, like being able people who've been traveling and away from home and especially experiencing something like that. Um, like these traumas and not having your family with you and feeling isolated and to be able to like offer, offer that. Um, and then, um, just a few, like a week ago, maybe, um, I was actually in Oakland and I had the bowl set out at like a little cafe and this woman comes by and I'm like, Hey, you want some bowl therapy? And she's like, 
yeah. And I was like, you know, she was like, I don't have any money. I'm homeless. And I was like, you know, I don't, that's not a problem at all. So I had her sit down and she shared with me that um, she had been, she'd been sleeping in the park with her, with her friends and family and that they were gone. Like, um, like she'd been actually raped in that park twice and then once it was in broad daylight and people came by and saw what was happening and then they took out their phones and videotaped it but no one helped her no one intervened so I you know and she's telling me this story and I'd be like getting her sit back to relax like oh you're gonna get an extra long <laughs> session right and she's you know and I and I you know and I played you know I played the bowls on her and you know, trying to just like, you know, just fill the space with as much like love and compassion as possible. And afterwards, she was just like, I could go to sleep right now. I'm so relaxed. And she was stopping people on the street being like, you need to do this. It works. <laughs> you know, like it, it's really, it's really good. And so um, just I, for me, you know, like to be able to offer it and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take anything from, from me, you know, like, it's, it's, it's just a gift that, you know, anytime I have energy, I'm, I'm more than welcome to offer it, but to, to be able to, like, offer it to someone who, who doesn't have the same, you know, privileges of being able to get a massage, or, you know, this woman doesn't even have a safe place to sleep at night, um, and so I just, you know, it was just really, it's just really wonderful to be able to, like, share it. You know, with people who need it the most. It's really awesome that you have something like that. You can just you can just give. <laughs> what the hell kind of like therapy I can give? But that'd be great if I had something. <laughs> yeah, or we all find our our ways. You know, like it's mm -hmm. just uh, we're we're all yeah. I just found I just found a way <laughs> something that works for me. Um, to be able to, because if not, I, you know, I'd be poor because I'd be giving all my stuff away because, you know, mm -hmm. we see all these, I see all these people that, that need help and they're no different from a lot of people that are in my family who are suffering, you know, like my immediately family, like my mom, who is, uh, you know, like on her third heart attack because of she, like, because of addiction. And so, and, and so I just... You know, anytime I can, really. But we all find our ways. You have a way. You share our stories. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I like. I like to do. Um, you said, I think you mentioned that you wanted to spread this, especially to the D.C. area. Or maybe, maybe that wasn't the case. But definitely would be something that a lot of people in D.C. need to, need to experience. <laughs> you guys are, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I've been there. It's like, oh, man, your, your tie's on really, really tight. Uh, <laughs> you're doing some really, really high-level, uh, secretive, uh, malicious stuff. Yeah. Let's, let's all take this mo even Even if they don't believe that this is an effective um, way, just taking that moment to step away from the the process of it all mm -hmm. do something different break up that um that the way of thinking um and sort of picking up the way you do things and examining it that's what meditation is to me i mean yeah i don't do it at all um enough um but to take a moment and examine re-examine things um would be really useful and maybe we would have better policies <laughs> up there because at the moment yeah, I don't need to tell everybody out there if you if you have half a brain you know that if things aren't going well um, up in the capital of the United States for sure and I mean I definitely am making my way back there like the East Coast is my home mm -hmm. um, and uh, right I'm here you know I'm here in, in California to kind of learn because there are some like sound healers and some schools here mm -hmm. that um, I just want to learn as much as I can uh, and then I it's I because I grew up you know I like I would I know that those people have so many access, like so much access to resources 
whether it's meditation and things like that, um, and, or, or just that, like, people in, like, poor communities don't have, I really am kind of, like, laser being focused on, you know, and then and on, like, getting this into, like, public programs because, um, you know, it, it's good, it's, it, it helps, it's good for the therapist, it offers, you know, think for everyone, so I'm, like, kind of, I'm very focused on that, but I, I feel you that the, especially with, um, with this type of work, because it, it doesn't have, it's not connected to any, like, religion or anything like that, like, it's, it's straight vibrations, it's just science, it would be curious to see if I can do some sound healing on some folks up there and see yeah. what they, like, see what it, what they, like, how they feel afterwards and how they feel about what they're doing in themselves, because mm -hmm. it is like a, whether you, you, you have practice in meditation or not, it, it'll get you into that meditative state. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's, I feel like that's what we all need is to be, like, that's how we're going to end depression is to <laughs> to achieve higher states of consciousness. We're, uh, we're in a very interesting moment in history where you can, you have the whole range, when whoever publishes anything or whatever, it gets on the internet and you can see what works and what doesn't work and you can try it yourself. So this is one of those things. Back in the day, like you might read it in a magazine. You're like, I don't know, don't know if that works. And then now you're like, okay, I can watch videos. I can have all these free resources. Free, I can contact people, and we can see if this works for me. Maybe it doesn't work for me or that person, but maybe, maybe it'll work. I can try it out. Um, for example, there's this guy um, Wim Hof. He's from the Netherlands, mm -hmm. and he has the he, he's called the Iceman because what he did was he summited Mount Everest wearing just shorts. What? Yeah, no like breathing apparatuses, no like coats or no shoes. No shoes. No shoes. Just just shorts. <laughs> just shorts. Because he has this uh, breathing technique that uh, makes his immune system go crazy. It just makes it go over the top like superhuman strength yeah and so he developed this uh because his well his wife died and so he just went and challenged himself physically to overcome or take his mind off things and he's like this is how like you said he's like overcome depression and he's like this is how you overcome depression is intense physical cold exposure and overcoming it mm, um, yeah so uh he uh, he's like uh he has he he holds uh sessions where um, he'll have people uh, go with him for for a run in the snow uh, or like submerge themselves in ice water uh, out in the woods and uh, people say it works because um, when you because I mean uh, it's the same reason why ice baths work to like, heal you I mean that's what it does the traditional idea about that is that it makes you um, it makes your all your our, um, your blood vessels tense up yep and then when you finally relax it when you're out of it then everything just flows better and then endorphins yeah. are released and uh, it, but uh, in conjunction with that also just having the, the mind part of um, exposing yourself to such physical discomfort and overcoming it yeah that, that's that's, uh, that's something as well so that's why now I like running in the cold because it forces me to breathe really hard mm -hmm. um, and uh and then when I'm done with it, like during, it sucks. It really sucks when during, when I'm running in the cold, like, fuck. <laughs> Thanks for being real sucks. about it. It really sucks. <laughs> but then when I come back, like, people are like, how are your run? How was your run? And like, in my head, I'm like, during, it was really shitty. But right now, being inside, I appreciate this warmth. And I get to have food now and drink water and whatever. And uh, yeah, I think that's some a way to... There's different ways of tackling uh, the, the stresses of... Um, everyday life yeah and uh, these are these are just some of them and they're unconventional and uh, what's great is now we can be exposed to these different ways of, of uh, approaching it for sure and finding what like like finding what works for us yeah not everyone's the same so some yeah. things might work for other people but it's great that we're all as a society and as a planet improving it does it might not look like it I mean, we see, we saw, we were looking at, uh, before the show, um, all the, uh, the dots, the, yeah. these dots, the numbers of the Syrian war, uh, victims, civilian victims. Um, Those were all the civilian victims. Mm -hmm. So I there's combat, yeah. Yeah, but that was just civilian. 
Oh, yeah, it's man. gonna get it's gonna get crazier. Um, just today they said uh, Turkey is probably gonna invade, put, go over the border and do things. Um, so that's a place in the world where suffering is gonna continue for a long time. But yeah, things are looking up. You gotta look at the whole picture, really. Just look at the whole picture. Uh, For sure. Speaking of looking at the whole picture, the UN's um, investigation of how African Americans have been treated here in the states, um, they released like preliminary uh, findings that basically said that you know like this is equivalent to like you know terrorism. Basically, like this is terrible. What's been happening mm -hmm. here for? For hundreds of years, yeah. and um, and that not only you know there should be uh, like I mean even from like down to the textbooks where you know slavery is being taught like you know Whitewashed like, a bit. Yeah, yeah like they were just workers but um actually saying that you know like reparations need yeah. need to happen and um, and like what does what does that look like you know for a community that is experiencing so many like issues with like mental illness like all of these all of these these um problems that are directly connected to oppression and not that we're the only people oppressed here by any means but like what does the but fact so that that's blatant, on the <laughs> you know like it, the the recent thing in Flint Michigan that's i mean <laughs> You gotta not do that. You can't do that. But it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And it's becoming crazier. And to see that the international community is starting to acknowledge it. And it, you know, the same way that I guess the US has used the UN to, like, you know, to, 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 to push other countries to do certain things. You know, like like now the international community and the UN can actually use that power to have the U.S. not only acknowledge but to actually figure out some ways to actually create what I think are necessary is oppression-free places where black people do not have to be in constant fear of being murdered or assaulted with their tax money. Mm -hmm. Like that, like it's to be not not just acknowledged but like how do we move forward like what does that look like yeah um i'm sure a lot of listeners might know that i'm very cynical and uh in terms of if we're if we're speaking about uh the united nations i'm very very um cynical about the un but to to bring up this conversation is good um maybe the actual implementation of things from this declaration or what what you want whatever you want to call it might not be the greatest but to have it have this conversation have the international community turn to the US and say hey maybe you're fucking up a little bit that's good so um i don't know where i was going with that but of course just to, just to say that uh you you can have criticisms of uh organizations or bodies in the international community or even from local to international and uh and still point out things that are like, yeah, good job. That's, that's uh, interesting points that you bring up. You mm -hmm. need to have these. You can't, like we were saying before with what's happening in Europe with the refugees, you, you need to have the whole conversation. You can't just pick and choose and try to block things. Like, this, this doesn't work with it, you know. The line with our... <laughs> yeah. the whole, and, the, and the whole, uh, I think people have heard me uh, complain about political correctness um, because a lot of the times it's not productive but it's a, it's pushing things in the right direction. It might be annoying that, uh, for example, um, one of the big ones is is, uh, is vegetarians and vegans. Who um, I, there's a video online you 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 can pull it up later or something. But it's this woman who uh, she goes into this restaurant, mm -hmm. um, and she she holds up this photo of this chicken, and she's like going, "This this chicken was named this," and like this, and she's crying. She's just crying and. Uh, feeling really bad about this chicken who's living in poor condition. Meanwhile, the whole restaurant, there's like maybe three people, four people. It's like after lunchtime. And so it's just the people who work there, the people sitting at the restaurant, and they're just uncomfortable. And you're not really 
And probably making the people working at the restaurant making minimum wage yeah, and you're, living you're, in you're worse conditions the wrong than people. most of the yeah. <laughs> and not even enough people. So yeah. <laughs> so you're just kind of making a fool of yourself. But you're but you're not. She was uh, pushing discussion in the right direction yeah. to have it because uh, without that we would be like we just have the establishment. We would have factory farming. We have so things are changing, and so I think that's. That's the important part. Not there's a whole discussion to be had about PC and everything. That's that's a new thing this year. Uh, if you watch South Park, um, this past year mm-hmm. they had a whole thing. Uh, the whole season basically was about PC culture and some of the absurdities. Some of the absurdities of it because, I mean, generally, yeah, it's good. But there are some really absurd things, really absurd things about PC where it be, the people become just the same, just as militant as the people who are on the other side. Yeah. That's the issue. Where you go into a restaurant and you hold up a chicken, picture of a chicken, and you say that this chicken, you per, you, you personify, anthropomorphize this, this chicken into this, uh, into what it's not. So, maybe I'm rambling? I don't know. <laughs> I see, yeah, but it's, a, I see what you're saying on the, how... Like how to yeah I can I'm like grab yeah I'm I'm grabbing a little bit of what you're saying like as far as like that people need to know like like people need need to be to have access to the information mm-hmm. but the the way of that we're still learning how to do that because <laughs> yeah. things change they're changing so quickly because before you, the way to do it is just tell people but now we have the internet. And then you kind of look like a fool on the internet if you do something wrong. Mm. Either way, if you're if you're if you're advocating for something or if you're advocating against something, yeah, you could look like a fool. Like those people in uh, in Oregon, the um, the, the, the oh, uh, what are yeah. they called? Uh, I don't remember. But <laughs> um, the militants. I, I've I I. I uh, I heard on another podcast someone called them Yal Qaeda. Yal <laughs> Yeah, I think that's ended now. I don't know who who knows, but uh, you know they're 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 advocating for something arguably that I'm I'm for, which is uh, um, sort of pushing back against government, but in a really really idiotic way. Oh, oh, that's what. So what we we talked about before, right? And so. The idea of people pushing back against the government because they want their rights. But then when you're like, which rights is it that these people feel like the government is keeping them? So, for for example, like when I was talking about like the, the my, my trip um, to Tikal, and, you know, to hear someone say that they fought against the government... For, you know, for their rights, he's got a bullet in his leg because, you know, he wanted to preserve the rights of his, like, rural community there, like, 30 miles outside of Tikal. But then, you know, throughout this, like, three-day journey, I, I, you know, I began to see that one of those rights was child Child sacrifice. (laughs) So, it's, you know, like, it's... The, it's a, like where, where is, then that's like an extreme case, but even in, like, even here, like here, like in, in like, you know, like, and I can speak like from my experiences with my culture, um, it's, it's like if, you know, my dad wants to, he wants, you know, the rights to be able to like, you know, control his family the way that he wants. He doesn't want the government to be able to intervene and take his kids. But if you're beating your kids with two by fours, you, you can't. Yeah. You know, and so like there's. That's like okay. I don't want the government to beat my kids. I'll do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Then then the whole the whole question is, wait, who should they be beating your kids? <laughs> That's the thing. It's and like, do we need a government to tell you not like how yeah. you know like like it's it's. These a, are the moral. Yeah, it's a very, it's tricky, it's tricky. <laughs> it's, it's a really crazy world that we live in. For sure. How was, the? you lived in Guatemala, how was that world? It was pretty, uh, like, it was pretty 
awesome overall. Like I, I've been, I just as a traveler, I I have just really been very fortunate, and I really don't want everyone to think that everyone in Guatemala is down with child sacrifice because that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but and uh, but it, but you know, it's. I definitely was able to see. It was weird for me um, to be in a place where. I was seen as privileged because I'd never been in that place before. Um, so where, you know, people assume that I had resources from, like, like it was very opposite, opposite of being here. I didn't experience racism, which is which was great. Like, I mean, to be able to move freely um, without fear of that, but still quite a bit of sexism. And... Um, what's happening with women there? I mean, it's really I, the right now. I think there's a there's there are these women who are suing the the military. They they brought uh, charges against the military for things that happened back during the armed uh, conflict. But um, what is the uh, that history there? That history. So it's in, it's intense. But basically, Guatemala so, is such a small <laughs> little country, and nobody. <laughs> but back in the day, like Cold War times. There's a lot of fuckery going on in that area of the world, like Nicaragua, Guatemala, um, Colombia, things yep. like this. So, in Guatemala's case, what was what was going on? There, so they had a president, and hold, I think it was like in the fifties. They had a president who went to United Fruit, who was like one of the big, you know, big big business, big company, owned a lot of land, and um, and they and they said, you guys have all this land that you're not using and you're not making a profit on. So we have all of these uh, indigenous farmers who, who need land to work. So what if they just use, you know, that land that you're not using at all and then you can make a profit on it. Um, and uh, very soon afterwards, uh, <laughs> the Israeli government started sending in a lot of weapons and the U.S. like CIA came in, and there's like a coup. Okay. Uh, so the the classic South America story in the Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, that's that's and so they're like that sounds like communism. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Smells like communism. Looks like communism. This that's gone. We gotta take that away. Yeah, yeah, real quick. So that and and seeing now, I mean. The 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 indigenous people they do they they want peace but they also want to be able to use their land and sustain for themselves and um, if you like so much and I mean it's still even happening now it's just like kind of these large companies who've gone in and like like destroyed these communities murdered these people and taken this land that is very. Uh, fertile and like nickel deposits and things like that and so it's really I mean you know and it's happening everywhere it's not just not just in Guatemala um, and uh, but uh, recently like uh, some women who had been uh, the the military had gone in and then basically like kept them as like slaves um, these indigenous women are now going back and, and pressing charges against these the the military. What kind of government men. is going on right now? It's it's real tricky. I I, I want to find out more about it because I was I was leaving right around the time that they had just ousted their vice president, and then they were ousting the president, and now it's uh, this guy uh, Jimmy Morales. Who's uh, who's who's the president? And I haven't had a chance to like talk with friends and see like what the deal is there, what's okay. going on. And there was a cushion time where there was no president, and so it's it's what the fuck? <laughs> what what's going on? And yeah, I'm very I'm very curious and um and uh, to to find out, but um, it's a very it's I mean every everywhere you know you go like you meet real people who are just trying to sustain and, and sustain for their children sustain for them for themselves um but there uh, it's even though I, I didn't experience the racism um and even though I was seen as very privileged in seeing how women were treated 
it's really really quite terrible i mean and, and things that, like even in this this day and age like uh, there was a uh, one of the students from the school like her her cousin was um was a she worked in the hospital system and she was you know an indigenous woman who like you know studied and worked very hard and was slowly making her way up into like administrative roles within the hospital and um her her body was found tortured and mutilated and it was totally everyone pretty much assumed and knew that it was the the men who were in that administration at that hospital who were responsible and who were who who wanted to ensure that these women knew their place. Oh, that's fucking dark. Yeah. Whew. That's so it's intense. So then you're asking, like I said before, okay, so people are asking for their freedom from the government, but what is it that they want to be free to do? It's <laughs> It's, I like thinking about juxtapositions in mm -hmm. moments in history. This is one of them. I, this is moment where I'm thinking, this is the condition in Guatemala. Meanwhile, we're here in San Francisco, and we have these, these things, and we have pretty, we're pretty safe. I am privileged. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, we have these touch screens. We got food on the table, and. Uh, and some other people are facing that and on the same planet. Yep. Same time, same planet. That's crazy. Well, that's kind of a downer area. Of For sure. Discussion okay, upper, upper area. <laughs> the other the other side of it definitely is um, and one of the things okay, we should make it one of the things that brought me <laughs> kind of like back into, you know, into like really understanding like the struggle against oppression and uh, oppression like any oppression for ev everyone should be free of oppression is um i happened to find myself at this like eight day conference that was hosted by the zapatistas in chiapas and this conference is is free it's by donation they they put you up they feed you they they and you have uh eight days of of lectures and and conversations with uh, you know there were two thousand people there uh, with people trying to understand not just how to like combat capitalism which is a very oppressive structure but to see how these people over the last twenty years have created an autonomous you know and sustainable community that Can is you open. A bit the Zapatistas. Uh huh. So the Zapatistas. Um, were uh are um an, an indigenous group of of people in Mexico who uh were basically the the large companies the Mexican government is making deals with large companies these large companies would go and uh and take the land and then force these people to work that land basically as slaves you know to mistreat the women like like very similar to to slavery in the US and so eventually these these people were were able to organize and this was part of pre, like in the 90s like 94 or so and um and to to take back their land and they actually took the the city of San Cristobal and and freed the the people that were in prison, you know, and and so um, in I think it was like in, uh, like January of of ninety four somewhere around that time, the Mexican government was like, okay, here's the deal: you can keep your land, um, but you will receive nothing from us. No no services, no no health care, no education, nothing. But you you get your land and you get total like this is yours the government cannot come on to the land you know and so is that so, land still considered part of mexico it's still i think it's still considered like part of mexico but not under the government the, not yeah. under not under like so government like autonomous land Auton like to total autonomy wow. and so these people were uh were able to over the, the last 20 years to create a, an, an oppressive free education system 
you know, and to, to, like, they have no prisons there, like, like, things are, and this isn't a small, this isn't a few hundred people, this is 7,000 people who are organized in, in, in different communities that, um, that are all, like, democratically run, um, and uh, that, I mean, it's, not only, not only were like men and women seen as equal, but but verbatim at these conferences, they were like anyone can come here and learn and see what we are doing here. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. It doesn't matter what like like we <laughs> we are an oppressive free um, community, and um, and we want to show that you know like it's possible to to sustain like they they sustain like they have their food they use natural medicines they said the only thing they would pot like need help with is if someone has like a traumatic incident where they need surgery or something then that they have to like pull money from the community but sometimes they don't have enough and so that's that's but for every for pretty much everything else they've they've got it covered um so uh and and it's not like they want to share it with the world, really, to show that. And I, I mean, I, I just from a, the, the point of a teacher, seeing these, these children to be able, like, who were never educated in an oppressive environment, but they weren't privileged children. They've still, and they have a, a strong and clear understanding of social justice. It was amazing. Like, it was really, it really kind of showed me, okay, so... So it's it is possible like it's not like you know a hippie commune or something like that and there there's no like there wasn't the power struggle this is a democratic you know community that <laughs> is has isn't functions functioning for the, for the better the betterment of their members yeah. sort of uh, inputting good programming rather than what the rest of the world seems to do which is the programming of power yeah. I think they've got something there. So, all right. Well, that was an hour. That's the, <laughs> that was, the time is up, but that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for being on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs>